wanna house your girlfriend Does she do it like me every you were my first time then you left me lonely Anisa left me for a girl too it was better than Elisa she made me happy that I had to I need my next one not to front Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. And today is a special one, as they always are. But I have here with me an artiste, a creative of so many sorts. Also, a fellow, fellow Clark Atlanta University Panther. Shout out to everybody at home coming, you know, killing their bladders. Shout out to y'all. It was terrible out there, yo. <laughs> it was terrible. I tried. I tried, man. I wanted to have so much fun out there with my Panthers, but it got rained out, and it was just terrible. It, 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 you know, it is what it is. But yeah. I have <laughs> I have a artist in his own right, been doing this for so long, multi-talented individual who's out here, honestly been putting a lot of work in, has truly been a person who has been a one-man band for so long. It's inspiring as hell. But today I have with me everyone. Welcome to the program. Hola. Yo, How you feeling, bro? My brother, my brother. Excuse the sirens. I'm outside, you know, just trying to soak up some air. Oh, no, get um, your air. It's all good. <laughs> but all yes, good. I, I appreciate you for that. Yo, and shout out to you for doing this. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out to you for, you know, just having this conversation and inviting me on this platform. Uh, I, I appreciate it. You've been working and I've been watching. So I appreciate that. And you've been you've you've steadily been working as well, bro. And I always I always uh I've always admired and always been able to pick out people who I can tell are not only trying to push what they do, but also that they're doing damn near every part of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I think it was uh I think my first video I seen of you, I think it was like a kind of like a, a like a dance video but you I think you were singing over it and you had like I think you shot it somewhere around campus you shot it somewhere around campus I feel like it was like black and white but I was just sitting there thinking like and I remember just it being some emphasis on you did all of it like you had to shoot this yourself you had to edit this yourself you this this is your sound this is your you know choreography so I'm like damn yo the thing about that is Yes, but I I, I kind of don't like when people know that because I just be so ready to get what it whatever it is I'm trying to convey out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really just focused on like people knowing, oh yeah, I did this. Da, da, da. Nah, oh no no, just, that ain't even yeah. the point I'm making. I'm making the I, point. I know, like, but I, I'm yeah. I'm saying that. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because because I just but, I think it's um. It, it all depends on the situation because I think yeah, there's some people who are, who get just in the right place, right time, and find that exact person that they need. You know, it's a million different stories about musicians who find you know a drummer, a producer, or whoever that just meshes with them well, and they just make the most you know the best shit ever. For sure. They become lifelong you know collaborators, but 
when you already got the bug and you when you already feel like the calling is on you when you already feel like I know I got something that I need to be doing you got you you figure it out you you do what you got to do because I definitely <laughs> have that same energy and attitude about myself but uh but we'll we'll, we'll talk more about it because I definitely want to double back to that point but let's jump right let's jump right in with the let's Twitter check in it. right to it. just to, just to, just to freshen everybody up you know what I'm saying. So, Ola, you being an artist, you being a, a musical artist specifically, um, one thing that you see online all the time is people project. People believe that the perfect celebrity is one that is grateful, one that is entertaining, you know, has charisma, makes me want to support them in whatever they do. And so they cannot really show too much weakness. They really can't show too many different types attitude other than a very polished one because that's what i think we've been you know conditioned to believe this is what celebrity looks like this is somebody who's been working to put themselves in a place of notoriety and now that they are on our tv screens on our computer screens on our phones they need to act a certain way so we have this week um it's always a discussion every time she has been you know doing promo for her album summer walker is a person who you could tell is very eclectic, has this very, you know, very nice voice, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's definitely in that neo R&B vibe of today. Yeah. But she has been criticized a lot about just her literal attitude in the midst of interviews. Like, you could tell, it, they, people assume or they could tell that she just doesn't want to be there. And it, co- it coincides with the whole theme of it. Just being over it, just being over life. Just yeah, this yeah. shit is just whatever it is, what it is. I don't like this, whatever, whatever. And so many people are coming, coming and challenging her on some like, well, you don't have to do it. You don't have to be there. No one's paying you to blah, blah. It's a whole lot of energy. And I would love to know what do you think about this uh, phenomenon? Because as your, as your star steadily, as your star steadily rises, you know, higher and higher, the, 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 the literal thought of image and public relation is something that you think about and have to kind of think about even deeper the bigger and bigger you get. So I would love to know what your take on it is, if you've noticed it at all. Man, I I appreciate you for even asking that because it like from your question alone, it like you you're kind of observing that these artists are people. <laughs> and yes. I think a lot of times other people, especially consumers, they forget that or don't even care about that fact like when i look at summer and what she got going on now i truly see a lot of me in her mm-hmm. but i i think for me i've i've exercised being an extrovert so much that yep. i know exactly how to switch on when i get around people but there's a lot of times where i just i don't be with it like especially coming from where i'm from i'm from jersey yep and you know people from where i'm from we, we just got it like it, if you're looking at me or if it's you know it's, it's some type of energy that could be misconstrued for something it's it's an issue or something that we have to address with you know aggression or whatever may have you but when you're an artist you can't handle situations like that or yeah it could go you know left but for me i I thoroughly enjoy rooting myself now before, you know, things blow up and just being human 
And when people try to categorize me as a superstar, yes, I claim it. I claim it and I receive it. But I'm also very conscious and intentional about letting people know like, okay, yeah, I may be the superstar or we, we may be able to acknowledge that I have talent in X, Y, and Z. But let's remember that I'm a human. I'm a man. I'm a protector and provider. I got a family. Like, so you got to meet me where I allow you to meet me. Like, if I don't want to talk right now, I'm being very intentional about not talking right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I exercise that now so that I know how to deal with it when things get crazy. Um, but for Summer, like, I, I get it. I understand it. Like, I, I just watched her tiny desk. And um, before she even started, she was just like, yo, like, I'm really, you know, scared when I do all of these performances. Like, I have anxiety. She said she mm -hmm. had something like social anxiety. Yeah. And I get that. Like, you're around. She popped out of nowhere. <laughs> you know? And her life completely changed. People started to know who she was. Like, yep. People do weird, weird stuff, like do research, find out who your family is and all that. And that creates this anxiety that we don't really address as consumers. Yes. And we don't respect when it comes to these artists out here. So for you now me, become proud of. Right. Exactly. And that's it's it's beautiful because you're doing what you love. Yes, you're making music, you're touring, you're performing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot that comes with it that we don't sign up for as artists. Yeah. And me being a black male. I'm excited to speak out against that because I think a lot of artists, um, they don't have the, they don't have the ability or the option to do it a lot of times, but I'm an independent artist. I'm not too, I'm not answering to too many people. So I get to call my shots and orchestrate things the way I want to. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, I think, it's all to me. I, I since it's been happening, I think at the first interview was like a billboard interview or something like that, where which it was just a whole lot of questions. It's just and she just answered them in this very kind of our way. And then this happens, and then I'm sitting here thinking like, like how I was like, I get it if you're like an extreme fan and all of those different things, but I guess I'm what I'm trying to figure out is that there's this weird energy of like. The extreme fans are pushing back on people who are telling her to like, well, you can just stop. You can just not be there and not do this. But both parties, not both, neither party are really looking at it equally. And what yeah. I've noticed is that the people who are hardcore fans are just kind of like, well, y'all ain't really down with her anyway. She going to do what she going to do. Blah, say blah. Keep on moving. She make great music. She got more money than you. They get defensive for her almost. And it's like this weird self-diagnosis that people put. And it's like, how much of how much of it is people going off what she's saying that she feels and what she is? How much of it is people projecting and kind of filling in the blank? It's like, okay, so she spoke about anxiety. So it got to be this, this, that, and the third as well. And, and somebody had, I, I even seen someone say something like, well, if you're this hardcore fan, you want her to continue to put herself in these situations instead of figure out a new way to make herself more comfortable. And then that's when people got even more defensive. So it was just this real interesting conversation happening. And I, but I do believe there people need to point out that we people commodifying the art is something that does not have to happen. Right. 
it, and it's became somewhat of a service damn near like it's entertainment is damn near a service people believe they pay for a specific you know interaction it's it's a it's a service but i think people the way people misconstrue it is that like you now have ownership of me and my morals and how i act towards you yes or whatever yes You're, you're still granted to have your own opinion um and whenever you pay for services from me uh to come see a show or to you know whatever i'm gonna give you my service at the greatest you know capacity i can yes (laughs) But less, I'm a man at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So you have to come correct at me. You're not going to talk to me anyhow. You know what I'm saying? And yep. I, it, it's so sad for these, for these artists out here that, that aren't able to speak out on their behalf, their own behalf. But she, one thing I appreciate about Summer, I know we keep, she's like the um, cornerstone of this conversation, but... Mm-hmm. I appreciate that she really doesn't care. Like yeah. it seems like, re- regardless of what everybody's saying, she don't care. She's gonna say, "Okay, yeah, this is my social anxiety." Yep. Y'all take it. Yep. Y'all do what y'all want with it. Yep. I'm gonna go back and continue to do what I love, live my life, and make my music. That's yeah. the best way that she can go about it. She can't control how people take it and spin it and talk about it online. Like all she got to do is her. And at the end of the day, doing her is what got her to this point anyway. And so she can't switch switch nothing up now. Like yeah. because it that's when you start to conform into that product and we start to see these artists go crazy, start shaving their hair, start checking into mental mental institutions and, and all of this extra stuff. So yeah. I've got a chance to be a student for God knows how long, for years, because I want I wanted this when I was young. Like I have visions about being this artist early so i got a chance to prepare and see how all of these artists went crazy um what they did right um what i need to look out for when it comes to family but being protective and still holding on to your person as you become this you know public figure that everybody gets to consume and chastise and comment on yeah so it's I don't know. It's interesting. It's tough, bro. It's, it's tough. tough it's bro. tough, and it's interesting because I think you know. Can I ask you something? For sure. I feel like we we share we share a lot of this. And so, being that we were on college boyfriends way back when, you know yes. what I'm saying. College boyfriends was shot in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was just you know a maybe Atlanta AUC type thing. I didn't realize how crazy it was until I went back home to New Jersey for like a Christmas break or something. That's crazy. I'm at, I'm at a random uh, ice skating rink mm-hmm. and this girl was following me the whole night. Like, like a little girl too. Like she had to be in high school when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yo, like I'm not crazy. This girl is following me. Like every time I come over here, she's over here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. At the very end of the night, she asked me, are you on that show? I said, what? What are you talking about? Are you on that show, College Boyfriends? Mind you, I'm in New Jersey. So at that moment, it clicks to me, okay, this thing is actually spread a lot more than I thought. So my question to you is, I'm sure you've gotten that because- Oh, yeah. You know, you're very identifiable, especially with your dress, you know, when you put, put yourself together, how have you been able to navigate that in the small dosage that we kind of seen already oh man i remember the most vivid 
uh, first interact. I, f- I feel like the first feeling of just that it was it was in Atlanta for sure, but it was still odd to me because I just didn't expect that. You just don't right. like it. Wasn't even like you thought little of the show because it's like you you did it because you liked it. You did it. You were a part of it because you enjoyed what it was going to be. But I definitely had a mindset of it being a very you know local very local AUC thing, which is big enough. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's a good few right. thousand people, you know what I'm saying, who can consume something and you can, you know, build off of that. And I was going to be great with that, you know? But uh, when it was me and Terrell and it was the beginning of, I think, my senior year and we literally are coming onto campus and I got to handle something. I think he had to handle something in one of the offices or something like that. And this is before everybody got back. Um, and so me and Terrell are, like, walking – on the campus in the middle of a freshman orientation and you have like a group of kids who are just coming into the school. So that means they don't know us. They don't know nothing. They don't know anything about us. But what I do know, just like most people who come to CAU, you Google. You Google. You get on YouTube. You try to see if you can find the vibes of where you're about to attend in some way, shape, or form. Who do I need to follow? Who is the motherfuckers right. who are popping? Who, where do I got to go? And so I get how people probably got to the show um, just by, you know, just searching, you know, for things. And obviously the show did pretty well, did pretty well for the second season and was doing in the numbers for the first season were growing, you know, because of that, because people jumped right back and added even more views to the first season. So it was like, definitely it was this growth and it was just weird. It was weird. And it kept, it kept happening. It definitely kept happening. Like it was a day at a hump Wednesday where I went to hump Wednesday. My phone is dying and I see a friend of mine. She has a, a, like a younger sister or something. And her sister like really wanted to meet me. And I'm like, why? That's insane, bro. Then I get to hump and it's like these two random Spellmanites, and it was at Morehouse, I believe, that day. These two random Spellmanites like ran up on me and was like, "Can I take a f- picture with you?" And this, that, and the third. I, and 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 then somebody else was like, "I always see you around. I've like never wanted to say anything. I'd be so surprised that you're here on our campus all the time." I was like, "I go across the I street. Go like, school, I, I go here." They was like, "Oh, you don't really go to Georgia State?" I was like, "No, I don't. This is that is a character." On a web series, you know? I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And literally, phone dies. The picture, the person who took, I took a photo with, I evidently like added and hashtag college boyfriend. So it was in the group chat. Oh, no, and on cool. top of that, it was somebody who like just took a picture of me. Not just, not like with them, but like I'm far away and they took a picture of me. And they like tweeted it, talking about like y'all, Chase from College Boyfriends is at Hub Wednesday. That shit is wild. As if that's a reason for people to corral and like, look, this shit really live today, type of thing. And it was like, damn, people really think you know think this much of us. But it was so many other things too, bro. I'm talking about. I'm sure. Like from FAMU, uh, FAMU homecoming asked us to come in, uh, host uh, like a part of like tailgate, like a block party. I think it was like Alabama and then want us to come, but it was like the logistics on that was weird. And then it was um, my ex, me, my ex, we really reconnected because she got to the show and she went to the University of Illinois. 
and she just found the show. Somebody put her on to the show. But there was so much of that happening. But even those small instances of all of that does not compare to the imagine that times amount like a million, yeah, like a Summer Walker or a Chris Brown, yeah, or a Drake, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these niggas are internationally known, yeah. So like you gotta imagine the type of on guard that they gotta be and some people just not with the shit like nah no nigga where i come from like you'll get crushed in your face if you're looking at me and taking a picture like without my you know knowing and posting it and talking about me yeah it's, <laughs> like, it's, but you know i feel like our um our generation is uh special for a lot of reasons because we are the last generation who really knows what analog really looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like really knows what handheld, handheld manual doing things with yourself step by step. There's no shortcut. There's no, we got to read a book. We got to just put it together. We just got to figure it out. We're the last generation to kind of, you know, (laughs) really have that, like just in us in any way, shape or form. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody after us, they have Google to their disposal. So there's no, like, you don't understand or if you still are out here ignorant at a th- about a thing, and you, you're not seeking the knowledge. That's on you. That's You want to stay that way. That's cool. You don't want no difference in opinion. You don't want this, that, and the third. That's cool. Stay where you are, but we're going to be able to directly say what it is because you have the resources right there in front of you. And that's why I think so many people uh, go so hard on, you know, generations younger generations because they believe they have certain things easier. I don't believe in that. I think it's more so of uh, kind of just like new obstacles, new mm-hmm. obstacles that no one ever really faced because I talked to, you know, I talked to my mom all the time about how, like, I can't go to you about how to deal with some drama that happened on social media yeah. between me and, and me and some, you know, me and my significant other, like, <laughs> That's not, that's not a, that's, there's no duplicate situation of that in history where she seen a DM from this girl and then she jumped to conclusion. This is obviously a fake story, but it was just like, how can I, like, what is that? Somebody sent your man a letter and you found it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Because on my side, you, you follow her. So that means you guys keep up with each other. You watch stories. You like pictures. There's a lot more added, you know, ammo to to make someone upset or make them question a certain thing. So it, I feel like that's the world that we're living in, that people are realizing that, you know, it's certain, these are new experiences. These are new things happening, and that's okay. But you talked about where you was from several times. What part of Jersey specifically are you from, though? I'm from Plainfield, New Jersey. Plainfield. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's getting a lot better now. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, it's it's gentrified. Yeah, a lot, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, but I haven't been there in God knows how long. Maybe about 15 years now. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so I moved from I moved from North Jersey to South Jersey at the end of like fifth grade. Okay. So that was a complete flip. So where I grew up originally, North Jersey is kind of close to New York. All black people, black and Hispanic people. So okay. I think in my school, there was like one white girl. So I was not culturally diverse at all. 
Like I was around my people, I was comfortable, and that's just what it was. But then when I moved to South Jersey, um, going into sixth grade, all white people. Mm. And so I went from, it, it was, I was culture shocked. I bet. You know, I had to redirect my mind on certain things because white people are very interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and very different in how they view life. <laughs> very so, true. Um, yeah, so when I moved there, it was, it was definitely a cultural shock for me. But, you know, I, I'm so grateful for it now because I know how to be anywhere. And honestly, I feel like my my upbringing allows me to just be who I am, regardless yep. of who's around. Like, yep. I know what it's like to be the Uncle Tom. I know what it's like to be around me and my niggas. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And how we kind of code switch a lot of times when we get around other people. But yes. I'm being very intentional now about just being who I am, like regardless if you're white, Indian, Hispanic, because a lot of times the people, they gravitate to who you are anyway. Yeah. You know, not to who you pretend to be. That's very true. And, you know, you, I, I learned a lot about un- like being very intentional about not code switching and presenting yourself from one of my best friends and a, and a, and a great acquaintance of yours, Benny Roosevelt. Benny yo, Roosevelt. Benny Roosevelt. Yo, is we the, have some fucking stories to talk about. We definitely time. do. No, we have some fucking <laughs> stories to talk about, and we are gonna get into it because I'm feeling <laughs> spicy tonight. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay, Benny, go ahead. <laughs> but no, the, because he he and I've always it's it's a it's a beautiful you know bro bromance that we have because we always sing each other's praises. And I think yeah. that was what made us know that like we we never really cared about each other's egos as much, but more mm-hmm. so cared about how we presented ourselves and why we presented ourselves in those specific ways. And we, and the fact that we were able to like meet on that level to try to talk about that is what made us, I think, become real close friends. And one thing that I you know I feel like I got from him was definitely this attitude of like I feel like for I feel like we exchanged a sense of he wanted to build a filter because it was like people are thinking I'm like feeling like too blunt or too whatever, whatever. And I don't always want to get that energy off. I want to be able to control that. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's more power and being able to like for people not to know when it's coming. <laughs> They're like, I don't want people to just expect every word to come out of my mouth to be blunt because I want people to be comfortable. I don't want people to be afraid of what the hell they think I'm going to say, but I'm going to always keep it real. And right. And then I think for me, it was me being someone who, you know, who always has, you know, has spoken for pretty well and all these different things and definitely have always naturally been able to work a room and understand my audience. I think for me, it was uh, about being able to be my raw self in the most in, in the most perfect way. And I noticed that once I got out of school, once I got, you know, out of this, you know, kind of black utopia and into the world. It was a situation where I'm noticing, like, damn, I really be in this workplace just talking all types of shit, like, and I and like, and and I had to, I I, I was reminded of that because I kept having to re- tell people what the hell I just said, like, because I would be speaking how I would speak to you and anybody else, and they'd be like, what did you just say? What was that? What word did you use? Or you know, all like, having to explain slang or whatever, whatever, and all that type of shit, and it was just like, damn. 
I really don't like switch, and I and I'm like I get why people I get why people bro, do that. I don't so shame, though, but like, it was like so uh, somebody noticed that fucked me up, you know. I admire that, and I've always admired people like that because I didn't grow up like that. I grew up actually the, the opposite. I was quiet. I was timid. Yeah. I always had had a mind about myself, and I was very intuitive, but I chose to observe and not speak for a majority of my life. Yeah. So now that I realize, oh, I can speak up, I've taken that shit and started running with it. Yeah. You know, so and it it, it took me observing people that were like you mm-hmm. or that are like you, you know what I'm saying? So I admire that and yeah. don't ever switch that up, brother. Oh no, no. It's a beautiful feeling because I think what I realized and what I answered for myself was the shit doesn't matter because people going to fuck with you for why they fuck with you. People right. people were still drawn to me as they were if I if I if I was cold switching, you know? So it was like shit really doesn't matter. And it makes me feel the most comfortable to not have to like tailor my words or say certain things in a certain way because I want to speak how I want to speak cuz everyone else is. Like everyone else in this room is speaking in the way that they chose to. And why can't I as well? And that just be, you know, sufficient. And we all understand. It's not about, I don't believe that there has to be a universal language. I believe people have to understand that people communicate differently. And you can widen, you know, your scope of how communication is and what that looks like. I remember literally having a whole argument with someone about uh, how you pronounce things and how she was like, that's just wrong. I was like, that's not wrong. It's just another way. Right. And she was like, what do you mean? And she was like, no, that's not how you say that word. And I was like, I was like, there's such thing called Ebonics, right? And there's such thing as, you know, certain <laughs> vernaculars. And I had to break it down to her that like the way that people talk in a certain region, a certain area, they're speaking English. They, right. they, it's all about articulation. They're saying the words, they're saying whatever. There's not a right or wrong way to this though. Because if that's the case, we could, there's a million things in the English language that are contradicting themselves. So we can't be nitpicky about the way that you're hearing it being said because you want because that's too much about respectability. That's too much about control. You want everybody to speak the Queen's English in 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 a proper, specific way as if they're not still speaking English. It is what it is. Accept it for what it is. And it's because it is it should be something that's wide ranging and not so limiting. And you have to sound a certain way and you have to speak with a certain tone. And all those different things. And that's not what life is. That's not what freedom is. I don't, and I don't believe in trying to bring people's communication down into a box like that, you know, because a good thing in speaking, just to jump to your project, mm-hmm. to the pressure project, I love, I love, I love your mom being oh. a part of it, right? <laughs> And I yes. think, you know, it speaks she hates to, it. she hates it. I, I understand. I'm, I had my mom do a little voiceover for uh, intro for a podcast. And she was she like, I don't know. like my voice. Yeah, she she had no clue that I was doing that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, but I just but she was, gave you the real, though. She, right, she, said, exactly. she said your name like you was in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but like even that, like there's, there are people in this world who would who would try to condemn you know, your mother and so many people who maybe didn't didn't originate in this country, weren't born in this country by the way that they speak. When it's like, open your damn ears. Like it ain't that it ain't that difficult. They should it, sh- it shouldn't be this sense of they have to now, you know, 
change themselves and and change their tone to a so so specific degree that that makes you comfortable now you see what i'm saying and i i just i love i love i just love authenticity and i love when people are sound sound as they want to sound and they're not trying to force that out or change that up or be any type of way and i think that's a beautiful tone to put just a beautiful segment and a beautiful tone to kind of set the album off set the project all the way off so that's that's just a little tidbit but to move to move on my next question to you though is um because obviously you know speaking towards your mom you are you you're Nigerian correct correct and uh-huh, or guy <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah we Nigerian and um you uh actually uh I think that was you know an interesting um connection that you and Benny Roosevelt made too. Um, yeah, I want to get into this Benny Roosevelt. Shit. You know, we can. We about to get into it now. I want to get into Benny so bad. Pause. <laughs> we want. We can get into it now because he'll love. He'll love to hear this. And um, and I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out a way to to link with him sometime soon because he he's really been running around doing really dope shit. But uh, but I love I love he 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 immediately adored you from the time yeah. he met you. And I, I was a fan too. So, and the way it came together was was very authentic. And that's what I really appreciated about him when I first met him. That's, that's the beauty of it. I, the reason why it's so crazy to look back at how that all panned out now mm-hmm. is because as crazy as Benny is mm-hmm. and as, as wild as he um, presents the platform for you to be expressive. Yes. Um, it, it came at such a pivotal time. I was actually working on another project at the time when I met him. Mm-hmm. And I was in this relationship that was like, now looking back, eating away at who I was. Like, yeah. I was forgetting why I do what I do. I was forgetting that I was a person. I was so consumed in the relationship. It was a long distance relationship at that. Yeah. Um, and I started to internally my spirit was trying to fight back Mm. and i was lashing out bro like i was a wild boy like on the low though too so that's that's the other part it was like the only person that knew about this was me Mm -hmm. and i was running rampant i'm right there in the midst of spellman i went to clark Mm -hmm. and i'm in atlanta Mm-hmm. So I was <laughs> look. It was a good time. It was a, it was a good time, but good time. The, the thing about it was like, yes, it was a good time. I had my fun. I had some beautiful stallions before a stallion even became a thing. Yes, know, and, yes. Look, 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 look. look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into that. <laughs> but, but it was one thing that I found, and I'm very vocal about it now, yeah. is that. I, while I lost myself and while I was running around, I actually, I, I became very depressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you the story. I've never publicly told this story. Um, I'm laying in bed one day in, in, when a, in my dorm or whatever, mm-hmm. and I have a, a, a stallion, as they would say. <laughs> we had just finished, you know, mounting some, some mountains, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you know, doing a little, <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean? yes, yes, yes. But I lay down and uh-huh. I, I was I was probably I was a little sweetie, you know. I let her stay the night or whatever. So yeah. 
she's laying down. She eventually goes to sleep. The lights are out. I have my head facing the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I just start crying, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was trying to be quiet. I had to get up and get out of the room. But I just started bawling, crying. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that you know somebody just finishing this act like you you feeling like the man you feeling great but i was i was down because i was doing all of this day in day out beautiful women but there was no connectivity there i had pieces of me scattered throughout the city yeah you know what i mean so i think at that point my spirit was just completely broken and this was coming out of that relation relationship yeah um but, you know, I was able to look back. But Benny, the reason why I, I'm even bringing this up is because Benny, like, placed me in a situation where I had to really meet who I was mm-hmm. and confront who I was trying to be. He got a way uh, of doing that, though. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you finish, but go ahead. Yo, he has a way of doing that by just asking questions and then just presenting you with somebody or a place that you've never seen or the, and he presented me a photo shoot mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful sensual photo shoot yeah it's great but the the model that was there i had some history with because we went to school or whatever mm-hmm. um nothing nothing physical nothing at like crazy at all but it was just like whoa this person is a beautiful dope person she's intellectual she is asking me things about my life that is reinforcing who I am, who I know myself truly to be and who yeah. my spirit was fighting to be. Mm-hmm. And we had a very intimate moment that night, all of us. Yeah. Like we, we got a chance to talk and to really pull our heads out and lay it on the table and just look at it for what it was. And it was in that moment that I realized, okay, this relationship that I'm in is not, for me it's not serving me anymore and it, not just because i'm trying to be fast out here because it actually isn't serving me anymore mm-hmm. um so i'm very benny don't even know that you know i'm just grateful that i was able to, oh, to yeah. have that moment and look back at it now like yo wow that was a very sensual thing well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll make the time to let them know we're gonna definitely you know we're saying. gonna definitely all link up and, and definitely chop it up on for sure on, on shits like that because we definitely all have progressed a lot into our uh, perspective, uh, professions and art, artistic art, artistry, but he he has a he has a very uh, very natural ability of of um, of kind of like remaining in the raw, you know, kind of remaining in the in the undone, in mm-hmm. the just like just unfiltered, right? Absolutely. And that's the way he communicates. That's the way he creates art. That's quite, That's just the way that I think he approaches life in a lot of ways. And I think what he did for you, and I've seen him do the same thing for a lot of other people. And it is a small gesture. It's a small gesture, but I think the thing that encompasses him in the best way, the only example I can give that's probably even a missed popular, popular culture for the people who don't know him personally is um, if you've ever seen the movie Fight Club, um, in the movie Fight Club, anybody who's who's listening who has seen it, there's a specific scene in the movie Fight Club 
where uh, I believe it was a Brad Pitt or Ed Norton, whatever, whichever character, they found this guy who was like on the side of the road or getting away from work or something like that, put a gun to his head and asked him, like, do you really want to do this? Like what you're doing right now, working whatever job you're working, is this really what you want to do? Be and he took his ID from him and let him know, if you don't start tomorrow doing exactly what you want to do, I will find you and I will kill you. Do you, you do not work here anymore. You do not do what you do. Tomorrow you need to start doing exactly what you want to do. And I think that's the energy that he has. Yes. Um, I think that's the energy that he has been because of his own fan, his own family, and his life experiences. Um, I think that's the one that he's been um, somewhat groomed to be in. But also he uses it in a way that I bet no one in his family would have ever thought to use it. In, you know, right. I think he the the red carpet was was out for him to be the next Prince of King of the fam, you know, but. <laughs> He, he still had he had this creative energy, he had this creative bug. And he's certainly one of the most talented people I know because the shit just becomes cause shit comes very easy to him. If it's some artistic he's shit, not the shit's thinking about this shit. He's just doing this shit and it's going viral. And That's it. Posting shit and people are falling in love and don't even know why. But it's don't even know why. But it, but it's not it's not even just with photos you know what i'm saying i live with this man you know i remember putting him on the oil oil paints and how like quickly he grasped that shit just how to use it and understanding textures how quickly he grasped the concept of just fucking figure drawing or, or drawing in certain patterns um he's like a hobbyist by nature so when he gets into shit he gets in the shit you know what i'm saying and he he gets into it to a very very high degree he makes the time he stays up the shit in it, I think it really does energize him, and he has a great memory on the shit. He's he's great at being able to like duplicate the thing, being like, okay, so this is how you do it. Okay, so I'm gonna do it like this. All right, cool, cool. And then he'll slowly, slowly but surely, kind of make his own way and make his own style about things. And I remember him even battling with that, like questioning himself on like, I don't know what my style is. I don't know what it is. I was like, you don't gotta worry about it, bro. Right, I was like, right. you just keep doing. You and the shit will work. People will flow to you. People will try to name your shit. Even that's though the hardest, that's the hardest thing for an artist. Yeah. On their way to here, though, and I, yeah. I definitely understand that. Yeah, but he, he's, remember, he's beautiful. I played him that project mm -hmm. when I was working on it, and I was in the car with him when we played it, and he was like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. He was like, "All right, cool," but I knew he wasn't really like feeling it all the way mm -hmm. but i remember him saying something like man it, it'll come to you mm -hmm. and boy did it just come man yeah. like i listen to the stuff now and it's like i'm shocked yeah i'm astonished so yeah i'm sure you feel like that too oh bro it's it's crazy like when you when you are talking about like the feeling of understanding that you're doing some type of art form that makes sense to you, that fits like a glove, you know, where you actually you actually enjoy the, you know, beginning, middle and end parts of it. I think that's just, a, you know, a sign of just that you can't ignore for real. You know, like I've been doing this for four years and I think this is the thing that I couldn't not be consistent with, not look into, not figure out how to be better at and look into myself more and 
and really be able to define exactly what the hell I'm doing to be able to tell other people they need to come and either do it with me, come and join me and just talk to me, try to figure out exactly what it is. So I feel like the journey that you on, bro, is a beautiful one. I think you are doing everything that you need to do. And the most beautiful part about it, one thing that I love that you told me that you started doing was going to therapy, right? Coincidentally, yeah. everybody who didn't, who doesn't know this, we're literally going to record this on a whole another day. But I couldn't record because I that had to go to therapy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and so and it's a. You, I was like, I love that. That was that's beautiful. that's a beautiful coincidence. I told my therapist about it too. He thought it was hilarious. Which yeah, I, I would love to know because you say that you know your your first I, session inspired this project, mis- right? Yeah, I don't want to mislead people. Um, I. I was blessed. I drive Uber. That's how I've kind of been maintaining myself. And I even have a crazy story about that too. Yeah. But I I was driving Uber and I kept having this idea for months, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. yo, I need to get a therapist. I need to get a therapist. I need to get a therapist because that's what is going to actually solidify this project. I had all of the songs, had everything pretty much figured out had the idea and the concept all together but i just needed to sit down with a therapist yeah but as you know they could be a little expensive yeah so i was like oh my gosh hold on i don't know <laughs> so one day i'm driving in the car um usually i have music going i have you know people vibing when they get in my car you know yeah. whatever so this lady gets in my car a beautiful black lady um had a very potent aura about her like mm. It was it was like it just felt like a Sunday afternoon. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. She was just very potent. Mm. I said, yo, what do you do? Like, because you just have this aura that is just making me want to lean into you. Mm. And she was like, oh, I'm a therapist. Oh, and I flipped out because mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. I was in line. I was mm-hmm. aligned. I was connected to God. Everything was moving in a way that it was like, yes, you're ready. I presented this to you now. Yep. And so I told her about the project um, in our Uber ride. And she was like, okay, look, give me a call and I will help you do everything that you need to do for this project. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I didn't, it wasn't something that I paid for and that I've actually been consistently going to. Yeah, I understand. But I called her. We sat down. Um, for maybe an hour and a half mm. and she gave me a session for free basically mm. and she just opened her line of communication up for any time i wanted to talk to her about anything um of course you know she wanted conversation and all of that but it was just i was so mind boggled that everything happened the way it did but it just let me know that i was in line yeah. and she gave me so many tidbits about therapy and broke down a lot of stigmas that i had about it um, so I'm actually right now working to get my insurance to pay for my therapy. Oh, no, no, so. that's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to suggest to you is just that yes. it, that I hope that the experience was uh, great enough to, you know, want to definitely, you know, go back consistently because it's, sure. it's bro, that is, that's dope. That's beautiful. And that's hell of a message to send out to people that that's a very key, uh, a cornerstone within your project. Um, because, you know, it is something that people don't talk about enough. I think now that people are talking about it more, you have a lot of people who are 
bringing up how they've had anxiety and bringing up these certain things. And I think what it is is people are starting to find and understand the language and understand that, oh, damn, this was me too. Like, yeah, this was, I had these issues going on and all these specific things. For me, it was genuinely uh, not even seeing, seeing myself as, you know, having a specific issue until I started to just notice certain things. Just notice, just like, why do I like? Why do I get nervous about this? Why do I get anxious in these type of moments? And I don't believe I should be. No one else I know I can like talk to about this specific situation. And and I was like, it, it just felt it just it just felt irrational to me. And I was like, I shouldn't be either afraid or or feel nervous or feel any type of way about this very regular thing. And especially when it came to good things. It's like right. I'm not feeling good when good shit happened. What the hell is going on? Yeah, um, that was what led me to therapy more than anything. It wasn't anything extremely heavy on me, but it was more so like I need to like really just be a overall overdo overall check ins with myself, and um, and it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I literally found it was uh, it really was definitely aligned with God and the universe because I literally went went through my insurance, went through the little directory, found a guy who literally looks like he could be my damn older brother. I love it. So it's almost like talking to a damn mirror and he and it's down the street from my crib. I love it. So uh. you're talking about like very close. So that means I could literally go from there back to the crib with no with with no traffic where it's just all breezy. You know what I'm saying? Like where the whole day is good. Where that's the that's where I'm going to after work. That's, you know, I'm spending, you know, that my time there. And then I'm leaving and to do whatever else the rest of the day. And it's just like, oh, this is just a good time. This is great. This is beautiful. And um, it's very beneficial. I think it's extremely beneficial to anybody and anyone, no matter what what state of mind, state of life you're in. Um, if it's if it's accessible to you, get after it. And if it's Please. not accessible to you, look for resources for it to be someone, something that you could possibly do, um, even if it's, you know, not as often. Like the fact that you even, you know, seen this to be something, a part of your project, and then just at least went as far to go through that, at least that first session, is way more than most people do. Most people yeah. just keep talking about how they need to find somebody. Yeah. Keep and talking about how they need to go somewhere, you know? I hate that it's like... I love. I actually love that it is becoming more known. Yeah. Um, and more socially acceptable to talk about. It's not taboo as much anymore. Yeah. But I I don't like that. A lot of times, we take those things and we make them trendy, or I agree. like fads. I agree. I and when I sat down and when I spoke to her the, the different times that I did. I seen, oh no, this is not something that we have to take lightly. Like this is something that is very serious and that we have to look into. Yeah. Like one thing that I realized that I was doing um, in different relationships, both romantically and in business, especially in the in the music industry, um, is that I was self-sabotaging a lot. Like I even learned that vernacular from from her. She educated mm-hmm. me on that. And she basically told me, like, yo. You go into situations, you have a gut feeling about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times your your sensors are telling you not to do certain things. Mm-hmm. But what I was doing was I was going ahead and doing those things and having relationships with those different people or mm-hmm. business partners. 
and my gut i would i would have to see that my gut was true to not feel crazy yeah and she basically told me like yo that's self-sabotage like mm-hmm. you had a feeling you chose to ignore your feeling you went ahead and you were proven right which is okay cool you know if you want a cookie about being right cool great <laughs> but at the detriment to who to yourself to myself yeah you know so that was something that really hit me hard because it was just like yo like where did this even come from mm-hmm. like how like and yeah. i think and i was able to even think back further and it had to be that relationship that i was in mm-hmm. because a lot of times when you're in a, a relationship that isn't serving you um and you get into arguments and you fighting and bickering about you just want to be right yeah you just want to be right you don't want to feel crazy yeah and the person that i was in a relationship with would make me feel crazy a lot not to blame it or point any fingers anywhere else but i think i got so used to having to prove myself mm-hmm. that coming out of the situation i held on to that Mm-hmm. And it started to become, again, to my detriment in other situations where I should have just yeah. trusted my gut. So, yeah. no, y'all I, niggas trust y'all guts out there. If y'all yeah. please, please and thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think you should. It's all about I, what I learned a long time ago. It's all about how you perceive the situation, too, and what you can take from it. Because, right. um, each, you know, each situation is going to be a lesson, but you can take away different things. And I think within that situation, it's certain, as you can see it, it's just a tendency that was built up. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something that was like, you know, it, it, you probably always had the capacity to do something in that way. Mm-hmm. But it was all these things had to kind of come together for it to be something that now becomes a habit that you mm-hmm. now hold. Mm-hmm. And now it's a reaction to other things in life and it's spilling into other things in life because that's just how we work. It's how we wire it to be after we do certain things so many times in so many different damn ways it literally becomes a part of us but it's something that can be altered still too because it just like it was put on to you a new a new trait a new habit a new whatever it's something that you can also get rid of you know is there i think we so people are so conditioned to believe that we are bound to so much of ourselves when we are really just you know the actions and reactions of so much that's you know we've experienced but I think we don't want to see it that way. We we it's very comfortable to believe that we're all predisposed to just be a specific way, and that that specific way being our flaws, being you know the good and the bad things about us are things that can never change and and forever be what they are. But I've noticed the things that are great about me not serve me before, and I've noticed the things that are bad about me end up creating and, you know, becoming a blessing in some type of way. So mm-hmm. it's like this real interesting thing that you have to kind of keep self-evaluating yourself on. And I, but I think the fact that you are kind of seeing life in that way already and starting to really reflect, which I believe this, you know, project seems to be extremely reflective to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, especially this, uh, this front on me track, right? <laughs> the front on me track is the one that you actually shot, shot a video to. Shout out to, you know, to Dante. Shout out to, uh, Dante to Joy, who was to... in there. That's College Boyfriend's fam, yes. you know? Also, shout out to Dose Diaz, who, who did production with me. Oh, yeah. What where, 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 where diner was y'all in? 
that was the I think it was called the Landmark Diner. Yeah, I figured that's what that was. But you know what's crazy about that? Um, the week after we shot the video, the yeah. diner shut down. You're <laughs> so, lying. Yeah, it was wild when I had drove past. I was like, yo, what? That's <laughs> so, so odd. Yeah, it, but I, I, I count it a blessing because it's like, yo, it's such a monumental space. Like, yeah. People yeah. love and would want to go shoot there, but I, I'm glad I was probably the last person to go shoot there. For sure, for sure. Yeah, the video for came sure. out really lit. But I, but to me, it, that song seemed very reflective to me. Of course. And um, you kind of, you know, you're definitely kind of going down the list of things of just of experiences and things like that. And that's, and I think I do that all the time. I do that all the time. Like when I had my last big breakup, um, I literally went through this whole reflective moment, bro, where I literally depending on how much I like realized within this reflection, I would reach out and mm-hmm. and let, and, and, and it was more so about, I know I was clearing my own conscience for sure. Cause it was going to be cool regardless of whatever reaction I got on the other end. Because mm-hmm. what I realized is, you know, how you spoke towards earlier, how you felt like you were uh, real low key about it. Like you was, you, you felt like you was kind of out here in the streets, but you was real kind of, con- you know, contained. It wasn't so yeah. wild that it was like, you know, reckless abandonment. And um, and I, I I definitely built that same type of uh, life as well. You know, I was doing all this shit. I was involved like shit. I was trying to make a lot of certain things happen and collaborate with people all the time. So I really had to compartmentalize a lot of my own emotions to be able to even, you know, create anything, you know, to have any type of, you know, intimacy. And, um, and I was mind fucking the shit out of women. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. Yeah. And truly being able to manipulate, truly being able to manipulate situations to my own whim was something that I didn't even realize I was doing. I thought that was game. I genuinely thought I was like, I thought this is, I thought I was going at it kind of cool. Like I'm being honest and shit. I'm not lying to folks. They know what this, they know what it ain't. They know what it is. But I, but I didn't realize until, you know, you know, a few different breakdowns and crying that I'm like, damn, I must be fucking them up for them to be to, I have no emotion to them, but they have so much for me. I think for me, I had where I was fucking, maybe not fucking up was I was doing that and having emotion to them. Mm. So I was becoming very attached to these people. Like a lot of the people that I mentioned in the song, I, value them like as yeah. people yeah but we're still regarding them as sides or you know just i was just treating them like trash to yeah just be frank yeah and utilizing that manipulation in, in certain instances and seeing like oh i can do this or and maybe not get in trouble maybe not ever have anybody know anything at all like yeah and realizing that pop pa- that power that you could have as a man is like crazy when you're a kid still that's very true bro and trust me it 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 was bad it was all bad for me you don't even gotta look it was all because (laughs) and i think i I tell people all the time about clark lane university as and i only way i can break it down people i was like it's like it was 27 to 1 and oh, then, then the numbers. Oh, I thought y'all had us beat. When I came in, it was seventeen to one. But I tell people seventeen to one. They looking at me like, bro, you was, it was a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying? For it's those a who lot. Don't know, 
for those who don't know, because I, I speak to some of my white friends back um, in Jersey. Yeah. And I say 17 to 1. They're like, what does that mean? That means the ratio mm-hmm. is 17 girls to every one guy. And yeah. for Ronnie, 27 girls for every one guy. That's yeah. wild, bro. How am yeah. I supposed to focus in class? It's no real good way to, you know? And I, but, I, but I tell people, and I used to tell people, especially in the classes, like, under you, you know, when just, like, telling them, like, y'all, we're in a, we're in a very fortunate situation. <laughs> and I meant that in the most sincere way by saying, like, I know all of you are going to definitely have a good time here. But Correct. but understand and take away as much as you can in the sense of lessons as well. You're going to learn a lot from all these women that you may, may or may not fuck around with. You're still going to learn so much just being yeah. in so much proximity. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You're going to understand how relevant or irrelevant they see you to be. They, you're going to understand how it is like... How, like just you're gonna really be able to understand what shit really is all about because we're all in a similar situation we're all in a similar place you're gonna understand where your mark really is where your power really lies because it's it's just a beautiful situation to be in to see where where you at you know and I, um and learn and take away what you can damn it <laughs> take away what you can <laughs> like i felt i fell in love with being a nigerian when i came to clark mm. like and I had to get around some Nigerian because I didn't grow up all the way traditionally Nigerian. Like yeah. my mom was in the house. Yeah, I may have like some aunties around or whatever, mm. but it, I wasn't. Submerged. You know what good jollof tastes like. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up in Jersey. Like I'm a Jersey boy. Yeah. But I claim my Nigerian. Um, so, but when I got around other Nigerians like that grew up and that mm-hmm. have, that's been back to Nigeria mm-hmm. uh, and even e- the Ethiopian women, the, the women from Ghana, the yeah. people, not even just women, people and just being, in, yo your name is Olawole like it has meaning it has emphasis, you better mm-hmm. claim that and stand on that Yeah, because it's something you yeah. know, and you have to believe it to be something Yeah, so I got that, you know, coming to Clark and being around, even Spelman Morehouse folk. Yes. So. It, it it opened my eyes up to just the diversity of blackness as a whole. And it was a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. Um, and especially, especially me, just like who I became close to. You know what I'm saying? Like two, two, two of the closest men I became close to at that school, one named Juwanza. Who is a oh, who is a Jawanza. Californian? Who is a literally a, Cal, a native Californian with a name like Jawanza Akawumi Harris? And then you have Benny Roosevelt, whose real name is Sadiq Ahmad. You know what I'm saying? And has this has this very beautiful, beautiful fucking story when it comes to his family and his and his father and their whole and his whole lineage, and me being from the south. But him having this, you know, connection to the South, you know, being from North Carolina and everything, it was just real interesting conversations. You can only imagine, like, just the diversity of all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just this international outlook to certain things, just Southern outlook to certain things, just, like, all the way free-loving West Coast outlook to shit. It was very fucking interesting. And it goes into a, a great segue. Okay. Into your record with 
both of our sisters and somebody I love so dearly, you know what I'm saying? One of the only, you know, uh, I guess one of the only kind of features on the project, uh, being with Ray Louise. Yes, my sister. And I love, uh, shout out to Ray, you know what I'm saying? Shout out I to you when you Ray. hear this. I love you so much, girl. I'm talking about, oh my God. And um, I noticed that you guys had, you know, you did your, uh, your listening party. Yes. You did your listening session. And you brought together, you know, several people who you, I can tell that you trust. I love the clips that I seen from that. I, it just looked like it was definitely a, a vibe in the room. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. Um, and two and two of my faves, you know, talking, being heard, <laughs> and, and, and pink. Uh, you know, pink. shout out to shout out to uh, <laughs> barely legal back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> throwback. Man, that's a throwback. But uh, throwback. They no, that's some shit though. They had some shit. Evo saved. Yes, that's Evo <laughs> saved to the to the heart. But yes, but I, but I, I love I love I hey, love. Hey, I got beef with y'all because I wasn't Evo saved. I was just in the cut looking at all y'all. Like, do, do not <laughs> do not feel I like got that. Beef with <laughs> do not feel like that. Do not feel like that. <laughs> and I, cool. I tell I tell I tell people all the time. It's uh, it's usually it's usually it really is it really does based on um. I think we really do. Based things off connectivity and also need. But that's the thing. I was connected to all of y'all niggas. So yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. But you didn't. You didn't need it as much. You 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 came off. Hola. You came off like the one man band. I'm telling you. I, I know. And and she tell when Ray tells me that now, she was like, yo, that. But that's that Jersey thing. Like yeah. She was like, yo, you're so like when I first met you, you were so closed off, and it doesn't like coincide with who i know you to be now yeah. but i have to explain to her like i come from a place where you have to be on guard first yes then open up and let people in they like it yeah, I'm so yeah i had to break that down and like start to really see and understand that about myself you know yeah. and i'm still like that a lot but you know that's that's, it's all good. We ended up still being cool. Oh no, you no, know? you still, you still, you still, you, you. <laughs> I'm on the podcast right now. You know oh yes, what I'm oh on yes. The track, you know, Re- regardless of good. all of that, and because because you was you was good, you was great, and, for, and but no, you guys are on a pro. You, you did a song together called Form, and I uh, I would love to you know know like I guess what was your thoughts to making that track and has it been um how how do you think it's been received already from any i know it's only been a few days but how do you feel like it's already or how is how do you believe it's going to be received like the type of conversations because there's a lot of conversations that happen around you know black americanness and you know and africanness you know from people who you know people who Either if they're first generation or whatever, 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 because there is this interesting camaraderie that we share, but also this interesting conflictions, you know, so many oh, different conflictions yeah, as well. And so I would love to know, I guess, what was your ideas behind that? How And how do you believe your, the song will be received in terms of knowing that that's a thing that people keep in mind? Yeah. So like the reason why i love this project so much in comparison to other ones that i've done is i didn't think too hard on anything yeah every song like god is my witness every song just came foreign just came i sat down and i produced the beat first and i was like okay that that was one of the ones that i produced by myself Mm -hmm. um i'm like okay this is a vibe this is a vibe i'm feeling this and then i just 
the words they just came bro like i don't even know how to say it like 15 minutes i was done with my part mm. um and because i just wanted to be me you know i wanted to be authentic i wanted to say how i felt as this ola that is now standing on his own that is speaking out mm-hmm. and it's real like i am a nigerian guy but mm-hmm. i am also from jersey mm-hmm. heavily like heavily influenced by jersey so i have to be cool i had to learn how to be cool and confident in that because you go around and not even just jersey folks anybody and you tell them that your name is hola mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you mean like spanish no it's actually nigerian oh nigerian like you get that from your american counterparts and then you go to you know your nigerian counterparts and you tell them yeah my name is ola ah ola you mean ola (laughs) ola 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 what ola what ola wole and you have this thing where it's like both sides are pushing you to the opposite side you know what i mean and so i said you know what cool like i'm gonna be who i am Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna be this person that can stand in the middle of both look and understand both sides and just be where i'm at and cool in there so when i made foreign it felt like it Mm -hmm. it felt like how i feel it felt like i stood on my my tent you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i even say in the in the my, the last verse, like, we can't eat fufu. I promise, girl, I don't do voodoo. Like, I'm talking yeah. some real African shit, but in my regular voice. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound African or make the beat sound Afro beat, per se. Yeah. Right. So it, the, it just came. And then I didn't have a second verse. So I hit my girl Ray because I knew this was going to be a different style for her. Mm-hmm. And she has been experimenting a lot with, you know, her second album was like a New Jack swing-esque mm-hmm. vibe. And she was going so left yeah. um, from the first album. So I was like, yo, let me, I want to hear you on this. Like, what can you do? Um, and she ended up knocking it out the park. So I was so happy to have her be a part of that because I don't trust too many people musically. Like, she's the only feature on the project for yeah. a very specific reason. No, I understand it. I understand it. Um, I definitely, I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like it's, it's, it's interesting as hell to me that, that a connection and a, a bridge hasn't been brokered in some type of way mm-hmm. in terms of embracing and accepting and getting into, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's not our fault. <laughs> Obviously we yeah. didn't, we didn't pick or choose to be him. <laughs> And um and but also I think um it's gonna be an interesting take. I think it's gonna be an interesting song that people kind of consume um and and bring in because it definitely tap it definitely make you tap your toe. Yeah, people is loving it. Yeah, and I yeah. did I did a lot of focus groups, a lot of focus groups before the project even um, came out, and that was one of the first songs that I had. So that's good. I I, I had many songs that did not make the cut. But every single time I played foreign, booty started moving, feet started shaking, mm-hmm. head started nodding. So yeah. 
that let me know. And it got a star on it on Apple Music right now. So people listening to it. <laughs> so, oh, it's lit. It's lit. People listen to it. Algorithm is listening to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But to stay to stay on um, music, what I would love to know, what I would love to know is, because I feel like people always talk about their influences, right? Mm-hmm. Influences are cool. Influences are great. They speak to a lot. Some people can guess all that. What I would like to know is to kind of flip that question to know what do you what what don't you like? You know, what things do you feel like musically just don't, I guess, fit you right now or never really, never really connect. You really never connected with it may have been popular um, just because you felt you know, you felt whatever way about it. Because I know for me, it's comical, but it's true to me terms of r&b um i love r&b i love 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 r&b but people you literally get mad at me when i tell them i really don't like joe the singer joe what i don't you should jump out the window <laughs> <laughs> Come on, i don't because i don't i wow. don't and like and i just i just i tried several times my mom loves him my girl, my girl always shames me about it. But I was like, I'm gonna, I, I gotta be honest though. I gotta be honest. Like I just, I, I can't, I, I can't don't. not, not hear <laughs> stuttering every time he speaks. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he gonna go from it's a big rich town. I don't know why you lying. You know, you always stu-. like I just, I can hear it, and nah, I can't I, shake that sound out of my that. damn ears. And I was like, it's a me thing, and that's cool. The man definitely has songs that I like, but as a, as, as a whole. I, I know I'll be good. Like I'm cool on it. But I but I think that's the the beauty of music. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's certain frequencies of things that are gonna hit you differently than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um and I think that we need that level of honesty these days. Where it's mm-hmm. like shit can't always be hype beast. Everybody can't always like everything. It always can't hit for you in this moment because you may not be there right now. You may not be in that same mood. You may not be maybe past that. Or about to go into that, so I would love to know what are some things that you disliked or you disliked, disliked over time. I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head for me. Like, I don't like, I don't like the, especially male R and B singers right right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of male R and B singers are chasing the same sound. Yeah, and it's very synonymous to how. Tiller first came out. I agree. You know, and it's 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 kind of rappy a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I don't have a problem with rapping as a singer, but bro, sing. You know what I mean? Like Same. sing, make songs. Like let me let. And honestly, this is just to answer your question very plainly and frankly. I don't like people who I know or feel like is is coming off fake or not authentic. Like I just yeah. I, I want to hear what you talking about like the the youngins that come under me that sing and that are making music that are into r&b they send me tracks all the time like yo what do you think about this da, 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 this and that i'm like bro what did i learn from you or about you from your song mm-hmm. you're talking about getting pussy but what about that pussy that like what did you learn from that like outside of just sliding in something or outside of getting money or or all of that like nick how are R&B singers talking about that now? Like they're talking mm-hmm. about what the rappers are talking about. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't make sense to me unless you're able to take that and flip it to make sense to who you are. And I was able to pull something from you. 
mm-hmm. at that point I can fall in love. Yeah. Because sounds are so different. Like I can't explain why I like, I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, this new R and B artist. Her name is baby Rose. Ah, uh, yes. Her voice is, it sounds like the elders. It sounds it, so godly. Oh my God. It's, it's so different too. Like, it got some earth to it. <laughs> it got yeah, some it, like te- it's texture. It sounds like rich soil, literally. Yes, and it's very unorthodox though. Like it's yeah. not something that it didn't meet my ears beautifully at first. Yeah, but it, it like I love it now. Yeah, like she she's phenomenal. But outside of that, she tells her story, and mm-hmm. I feel it in her tracks, man. Mm-hmm. So I knew that was something that I had to take and implement into myself and my music because that's what I love. So how can I take that and now put that back into the music? Yeah. I had to be real about myself. Yeah. I had to name drop all of these women that I had been with and mm-hmm. what happened because I've never spoke about it before. Mm-hmm. It's just been inside me. I had to talk about the hoes that left me for other girls. And what shit. that does to a man's psyche. That's like it, it's shit. happened multiple times to me. Like where mm-hmm. I've been with a girl and she went off and started dating another girl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, while you are on your own journey and you know, figuring things out, for a young boy to go through something like that, you're like it does something to you. For like, sure. yo, did was I not pleasing enough? Mm-hmm. Was to the point where she had to switch genders. <laughs> like, you know, no knock to, you know, those girls in their journey, but it affects the other person that you were with also. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I had to talk about that. I had to be real. And that's what I love. So what I don't like, man, that fake shit. You, you I take that fake shit somewhere else, man. Like, yeah. Yes, and, and to, to me, to me, I think the weird thing about it is uh, things are blending together a lot. You know, shit is really blending together a lot, and I don't think it's nothing wrong with the blend. I don't think it's nothing wrong with, uh, with genre bending and things like that, um, because I think the the realness will come through regardless. You know, and some of the best things are the things that have been through genres. The best things are things that have the, some of the best most well-known artists are artists who have created their own fucking sound. You know what I'm saying? Like it's certain people where you don't even want to compare them to other people because it's like what they did was different than every single other person, you know? Um, Like no one, no one, like I find it so funny, but also interesting in terms of like when people try to talk about these verses or who's better than this person and that and the third. And it's certain people who just don't get brought up. Because they can't, you can't sit here and try to put them in the same pool of people. It just don't even make sense, you know. And one person I I hear all the time, like any, I feel like he he doesn't get in thrown into the one guy that goes or the whatever, whatever, whatever. It's Stevie Wonder, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like Stevie too, and why? Why for (laughs) what? Why you even doing that? For what? And my, my me and my girl, we we literally talk about music all the time, and um. And I think, you know, I think, you know, it definitely brings people together in the breath and you can find your connections and just meanings and similarities in a lot of ways. And I remember she pointed something out to me that I didn't even think about for real. And she talked about people singing. She just was like, how many people are like singing now? I was like, what do you mean? She was like, like actually singing. 
<laughs> she was like, like people who are actually like just getting on the track and like really giving you a good vocal. You know what I'm saying? Like how many of those? And usually when we speak, because we can all always find someone who's producing those types of things. But we certainly want those people to be some of the biggest, you know, to get the limelight, to put to get the biggest types of rewards from those type of talents and efforts. And I was like, damn, babe, you're making a good point. I don't know. Like it's tough because because I do because I do believe that there is a certain sound that is, you know, that is definitely a trendiness right now that 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 definitely seems to be selling a lot of units, a certain specific sound and texture to their voice. We're seeing a lot of people pop up um, with a very similar tone, very similar texture. Um, I, I think it's because people are people think music is easy yeah. and there's a lot of insecure musicians that yeah. are just doing what works yeah or what is proven to work yeah and yeah they're not really like trying to delve dive deep into the actual creativity of making music and yeah. vocal arrangement and yeah. vocal production when you're on stage like i had to learn all of this myself because i'm not naturally a singer either mm-hmm. And I know when I sing now or perform now, people don't really believe me when I say that, but I could not sing a lick of lickety shit split, nothing <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but I just kept doing it. I kept singing. I kept trying. My mom would tell me, listen, you sound terrible. Stop. But <laughs> she loved me and let me continue. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So over time I got with some other singers. Um, I listened a lot. And then I had to, I, you know, I did a lot of over singing where I was trying to do things that wasn't in my vocal ability. Mm-hmm. But then I just learned to just, okay, sit in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And this album, bro, like, I keep saying it, but I really feel like I just tapped into a different zone on mm-hmm. this project. Mm-hmm. And I found me in my pocket and how I want to sing and how I want to sound. That's and now being able to tra- translate it to stage, too, like, I've been having so much fun with it. But you gotta really love this, and I think, for, to to your, to the point that your girlfriend is saying is like, it's not a lot of singers out here because I feel like people don't love it. Like, mm-hmm. but if you loved it, you would figure it out and make yeah. it work. I, I agree. I agree. The last the last question I had before we play our little game, right? Okay. Last question about the project <laughs> is the uh, the matching title interlude being the conversation between called pressure between you and your mom and you can you kind of gave us a little bit in the beginning but you put that full conversation there um close to the end of the project and um and i and what i wanted to say to you about it was i guess damn this this sounds like some therapy what was it about oh, man. <laughs> what, what was it about you know Cause I feel like your mom was to me. To me, it sound it seemed like your mom was really, really had put already a lot of thought into this because years have passed. Years have passed, and so mm-hmm. it definitely feels like she's already kind of you know put put one with two on on your motivation. But I would love to know what do you believe your motivation was to feel that you couldn't be in Jersey anymore and you wanted oh, to get man. away and you had to make that leap of faith mm-hmm. to pursue whatever you felt what you felt like you, you need to pursue at that time. Yeah, you know, that mind you, I told you earlier that that was not something planned. I literally just 
one day woke up and decided to call my mom and record the conversation. Yeah. She had no idea that I was working on a project. She mm-hmm. had no idea that I had a name for the project. No mm-hmm. idea about nothing that I was doing. So you already had the name before she even already said had what the she name said. Before she even said what she said, bro. Woo! Like, so, like, so I, 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 so when I was when that part came, I'm on the phone, and I also had another phone to record her. Yeah. Um, I broke down because it. it it was the last thing that I needed to tie everything together. Mm. She said it. She like, it was the, one of the last things she said, she was like, Hola, like, I just feel like you've always had that pressure on you. Yes. You've always had that pressure on you. And when she said pressure, bro, like a tear dropped, like I wanted to throw the phone. Like it just let me know that I, my 16 year old self, Mm -hmm. the, the feelings that I had then, and to be able to have this conversation now, eight years later, it, I, I did what I had to do. And my, my feeling then was right because it was true to me. It was true to how I felt. It was true to the vision that I had about yeah. myself. Yeah. Damn, you don't, you don't dare fucking cry on this podcast right now. You don't dare tear up right <laughs> now. <That's laughs> no. Nah, but, nah, but <laughs> nah, man, like. Man, she, that shit was tough, bro. I was 16, and just to give people a little more backstory, I was making YouTube videos in, at my mom's house in Jersey, and it was like right when YouTube was just brand new. So mm-hmm. anything that anybody really put on there, like it was going, like yep. millions, millions, mil- like, so my stuff was up, like, it was like me and August Alcino right when he was like young and just doing covers. Like mm-hmm. it was little black boys setting up their cameras and just singing. And it was just going. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a guy that was writing for Tyler Perry um, in Georgia, in Atlanta at the time. Yeah. And he had caught wind of the videos and he was starting his own little record company um, just to offspring it from what he was doing with Tyler Perry at the time. And um, flew me out. And I was flying back and forth from Jersey to Atlanta at the age of 15, 16, every weekend, <laughs> like working on music and doing stuff out here. Mm-hmm. So when I would come out here, it was intoxicating. Like it was like feeding the me that I had envisioned for years. Yes. And that you can't just give anybody you, like when you get when you're exposed to that, mm-hmm. you don't want anything else. Yeah. So then the opportunity presented itself for me to actually move down to Atlanta. And I was like, Ma, I I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't stay here no more. And it's becoming extremely costly for me to fly back and forth every weekend. I need, I, I need to move. Like, I need to go. Like, in two years, everybody's about to leave for college anyway. Let me just do this now. And she knew um, there was more to the conversation that didn't make it in, onto the project. But she knew that she couldn't hold me back from doing it Mm. even outside of what she really wanted to do because she really wanted to keep me um but she knew that what i was doing was fulfilling my destiny and going in a path that i could like i couldn't stay in jersey and still reach the pinnacles that i've reached had i not moved to atlanta yeah because the exposure was just so crazy out here but yeah. that that motivation um 
it was my family, you know, like we didn't have everything. We was great. My mom worked hard, um, but I wanted so much more for us. And I knew that if I was just able to go and work and put my head down, that things could really change for us. Um, and it was a single mom situation. So yeah. I assumed the role as the man, like I got a job as soon as I turned 15, 16 in Jersey, I had two jobs. I was working at Tilly's and working at Subway. My first check was all of $7, bro. Mm. <laughs> so I knew that that working shit was for the birds. <laughs> so I, He's like, I've been here all week. <laughs> $7, bro? Mm-mm. $7? Nah, y'all, y'all got me fucked up. Y'all got me fucked up. And I need to go do something. So meanwhile, and it was just so crazy how God positioned everything. Yeah. Because... I get a $7 check, but then I got 80,000 views on a video that I just posted. Wild. And people are telling me, oh my gosh, you should be famous. So I have all of this playing in me and in my mind all at the same time. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at my family. I'm looking Mm -hmm. that we still need bills and other stuff paid. I'm the only man in the house right now. So I have to go. I have to go and figure it out. And she knew that she couldn't hold it back. So I was yeah. I had a lot of motivation to go in and do it. There yeah. was no turning back. Damn, bro. That's, yeah. But it, it's something beautiful about um just the fact that she she probably even felt it in her gut that holding you back wouldn't be the best, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing that regardless of wherever your guys' relationship was in that moment, it was for damn sure a whole lot of trust that she exercised in you. To know that you were going to not only go down there and do exactly what you were setting yourself out to do, but you were going to be safe. You know, you were going to be good. You were going to, I don't have to, I don't have to sit here and wait up and and worry if if the decision was right or not. Uh, Because as you see now, or at least you've seen in that conversation and possibly conversations before that she understood what your motivation was. And it's kind of like, how can I be, you know, how, how can I be upset? Like I raised my son to care about his family right, and right. he's only doing what I told him to do. <laughs> right. You know, he's only working off of that type of energy. So I think um, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a beautiful kind of old and, old and love and kind of, you know, just love and loving affirmation to your mom on just giving you that trust. Cause I do believe that's a lot of trust that all parents exercise when they allow their children to go away to them, uh, go away from them, especially around that college age. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think a lot of people really think about it because it's so, it's a custom now, but we're we're teenagers. We're teenagers, you know what I'm saying? And you're telling me that not only am I a teenager, but I'm about to now go several states away, be um, inundated with new experiences, new people, people, be given an abundance of independence, 27 to one ratio. Uh, now, now having to figure out a, a, a somewhat of an adult budget—that's the crazy thing. I think that's why people in college are so broke. It's because we are we are out of our adolescence, but we're in this kind of in in between, 
And we really have a lot of adult shit that we kind of got to do. But because we're students, people kind of cut us cut us a little slack a little bit. It's like, oh, y'all broke. OK, I'll pay for it for you. Or there's a discount or whatever, whatever, because you're in school, you know, you don't actually have time to have a job type of thing. And if you do, then it's probably going to whatever else. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that you expressed that on this album and uh, on this project and the fact that that came together like that ain't none but God. I who <laughs> shout. <laughs> For real. But um, the last last thing we'll do is play a game. Okay. Last thing we'll do is play a game and then we can wrap it on up. So this game is something I made up. I'm not sure if somebody else made this up, but if they didn't, cool. You can call him my shit. Anywho, <laughs> essentially you're a musical, you're a musical artist. So I wanted to talk about music because you also act, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to bring these things together, right? So what I said was, how about I give him songs and you have to name the soundtrack slash movie that this these songs came from. You know what I'm saying? These are all these are all three classic films. I hope that you've seen all three. If you have not, this may be pretty damn hard for you. Oh. But I'm going to do my best and I'm going to try okay. not to be, you know, try not to sing terribly if you need me to sing it <laughs> because you might not remember the lyrics or whatever, whatever. I'm going to do my. <clears throat> yeah, I'm terrible. Do lyrics, I make my own. <laughs> yes. So, so first, you have, I'm going to give you three songs and you guess the movie. All right. The first song is Maxwell's Fortunate. Second song. Oh, I know that one already. Second song is City Highs, What Would You Do? And the third song is Wyclef's New Day. What's the movie? Okay. Wait, so this is all for one movie? All three of these were in one movie. These are all oh. soundtracks for one movie. Is it uh, Life? There you go. Bring it in. Good guess. Good guess. Good yes, guess. Yes, great, great, great. <laughs> Next one is I Want to Get Next to You by Rolls Royce. This one's pretty easy to me. You have Freddy's Dead by Curtis Mayfield. Some old songs. Then you have Mary Jane by Rick James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's it's so many movies. You got the song. That's Damn. I Wanna Get Next to You by Rose Royce. Is that uh Friday? There we go. Ding 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 Yo, ding let's ding ding. You're doing great. You're doing great. Okay. I'm on it. Yo, now the last okay, one. Okay. Now this one. This one should be easy as well. But it may be thrown off because a lot of people may not know who the artist is behind a very pivotal song. You okay. see what I'm saying? So I'm going to give it to you in this order. You have Dance Tonight by Lucy Pearl. The very short-lived group that Raphael Sadiq had had a song called Dance Tonight in this movie. Then you had I Like by the group Guy. So we got two different 
we got, you know, this this is pretty wide ranging in time right here. Yeah. Then you have lastly by Michelle Indigio Cello. The name of the song is Fool of Me. Fool of Me. Think about that one. That's the hint right there. Whoa. Okay, wait. Okay, what was the first? The first song? one was Lucy Pearl, the group Lucy Pearl. And the song is called Dance Tonight. Ooh. The second song is I Like by the group Guy. New Jack for you. And then lastly, by Michelle Indigio Cello. Fool of me. Fool of me. Damn. Um, Mind you, this is definitely a movie you probably have seen, and this is definitely a movie you probably have seen more than once. <laughs> a million times, possibly. Oh, no, I don't know this one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know it's, this one. It's all good. The answer is Love and Basketball. Oh. You remember that song? You should have did better than that. That's the song that was playing after they play for each other's hearts. You should have did better than that. And she had that. She now she got you talking about tone with Baby Rose. Michelle in the she got the she got a tone too. It was real earthy too. It started real slow and it's a real somber ass song. It's a great song. But the thing about loving basketball is, I was so young when I was watching that. Oh yeah, we all were. Nah, you you older than you a little older than me. Nah, but it's I don't remember no songs in in loving basketball to be honest. For real? For real. You don't remember none of those. But I remember the the pivotal scenes. That's that's pretty much it. I was like, man, I'm, he looked like me. Like I want to jump out a window and talk to a girl across yeah. the street. Yeah, right, right. It's inspiring. It's hella inspiring. It's hella inspiring. But uh, before I let you go, I want you to give everybody any type of way that they can keep up with you, support you, and all of your endeavors, For everything sure. that you are doing. Everything. Everything is yeah, it's Ola. Um, that's Y E A H I T S O L A on SoundCloud, on Instagram, on Twitter, on MySpace, on uh, <laughs> go ahead, MySpace if it's still on. If you got your password, if you still got your password, Bro, get on MySpace. They deleted my account. I'm tight. I have pictures that I really wanted. So I can't good. get into mine. Yeah, they 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 deleted my whole song. But it's all good. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. But I really want to appreciate. I really want to thank you, actually. Oh, oh yes, for, man, thank you, bro, having me on the show, man, and just having this open conversation about all of this stuff that we've been through. Oh it's yes, really needed, really needed, and I need to come back on the show. Yeah, let's do that for sure, for <laughs> sure, for sure. And I definitely will let you know when I am in town, because, being matter of fact. I'm gonna make sure I text you Benny Roosevelt's number because I know he's in town right now for sure. Hurt. So he definitely, definitely can make all that link, all that linking happen. You feel me? But Hurt. for all who are listening, and I hope you enjoyed, and make sure that you go and listen to all of Pressure, and then after you're done with Pressure, make sure you go dive and listen to every other project. Give it all love. 
follow on YouTube because my bro is coming with some visuals. You feel me? Make sure you follow, follow, follow. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the folks who who've been holding it down since the college boyfriend days and been supporting Ola since then and before then, even back to the old YouTube days. Shout out to all of y'all too. So if you don't know now, you know, you can listen to the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. That is Simply King. Everywhere podcasts are available. Um, so, and also follow me at Kings underscore memoirs on all social media platforms. Follow the pay the podcast on Instagram at the Simply King Pod. Get at me. Let me know. Let's link. Let's collab. This these are the type of things that you're gonna get from. The Simply King Podcast. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Talk to y'all again. Peace. Oh, Brianna. How's your girlfriend? She do it like me. Ariana, You were my first time. Then you left me lonely. Anissa. Left me for a girl too. It was better than Elisa She made me happy that I had you I need my next one not to front Baby, don't front on me Front on me Front on me Oh no Baby, don't you front on me Front on me Front on me Oh no One wanted money Two at hoes Three nights later I had twins at the door Baby, don't you front on me